And when we come to a country, we are not entering uh, just a, an area of economic opportunity. We are entering a land with a history. Mm. And history has a, a peculiar way of repeating itself unless we learn from it. So yeah. there is a very, 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 very strong imperative to learn from history. So why did these things happen? What were the mindsets that shaped these events? And how can we avoid uh, repeating some of those things in the future, right? Hello, welcome to Chai Across Generations. This podcast is for anyone who wants to explore or improve their relationship with their culture, their relationships with loved ones and other generations, and ultimately their relationship with themselves. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a federal holiday in the U.S. that celebrates the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr., one of the leaders of the civil rights movement. Shankar and I had a good conversation that we wanted to share on the podcast today about the holiday itself, the movement that he championed, and some similarities and differences between the South Asian experience and the Black experience. We also talk about discrimination, especially in the form of colorism, and how it's important to learn about the histories of other communities without assuming that we know their experience. So let's dive in. All right, Shankar. So today we're talking about Martin Luther King Jr. Day and civil rights. So wanted to hear from you, what does MLK Day mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question, Nikhil. I think, um, you know, given that uh, I came from India and what we learned about the U.S. in terms of history uh, when we were growing up uh, was much less than probably what you guys learn about U.S. history. So, I mean, the name was familiar to us. I'm sure we learned about, you know, some of that, that background. Um, but I think uh, when I first came here, uh, I wasn't that terribly, um, you know, um, caught up in the significance of it. Mm. Um, until, like I said, for me, a big part of my uh, understanding of, um, you know, black culture came from music. And so as I got more into the music over the years, um, spending, say, five, ten years here and uh, embedded in the blues music is the story of of the blacks uh, all the way from uh, because the music talks about, uh, you know, Mississippi is where it starts in the Delta or Texas and, um, you know, sharecropping. A lot of the blues is about that, or or, or blues about being imprisoned, uh, often for crimes that they did not commit or were wrongly accused of, right? Um, natural disasters and the suffering of the black people, right? Or being, um, you know, being enslaved. Uh, there's some of it is uh, just really hard, uh, chain gang blues or, you know, uh, stuff like that. So. To me, my introduction to their story was very organic. Uh, it was literally through storytellers telling the music. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I think a big change came when uh, about uh, seven or eight years ago, uh, locally here, they, they were organizing uh, an event uh, on Martin Luther King Day at one of the local churches. And in Ames, how they do it is it, that event rotates from one church to the next. And it's an interfaith event. So they invite um, faith leaders from 
you know, all the different faiths who are represented in our community. And it turned out that for a while, uh, someone was representing the Hindu faith. And uh, for some reason, my name was given and they contacted me. And after that, it assumed a very different significance because I'd go to this event and meet other people. And there was a beautiful celebration. There were, you know, reminiscences, videos of, you know, that I had a dream speech or other things. And it's also when I started learning about uh, Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and how they met and how Martin Luther King Jr. was inspired by nonviolent satyagraha and things like that. And so there's a very intimate connection actually for Indians if we choose to look closely at that. But I'm sorry to say that I think in my generation, I don't see as much awareness about it. Um, in fact, sadly enough, I think... Um, there is uh, a fair amount of, you know, um, um, racism, you know, in India itself. I mean, there is a, in a sense of color. So there's a lot of uh, uh, assumptions that are made based on color and other characteristics, uh, which kind of carry over and, and many prejudices that we have, um, often associating um uh, the characters of a race with the conditions in which they're found uh, which is you know maybe poverty lack of economic uh, opportunity and stuff like that so so to me it's very significant i think it's a uh, this is a very remarkable uh, human being who lived and animated uh, in very similar to our own mahatma gandhi really a father of the nation in some sense here but i also i watched this movie uh, called malcolm x which was mm. Uh, the other great uh, black leader. And so to me, you know, that that whole um, interaction between Nation of Islam and and um, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, and there are many other visionary figures there, um, uh, you know, from where came people like the more modern you know, representatives, um, Jesse Jackson and people like that, right, uh, Louis Farrakhan and others. Uh, so it's a fascinating, uh, you know, subject for me. And I think it's a very important part of our American history. Uh, civil rights was a landmark. Um, and it, you know, sometimes it surprised me that a, a, a society that had, you know, the founding fathers and the Declaration of Independence and all that, it seemed very much at odds uh, with the idealism of that language to confront the reality of Jim Crow and segregation and stuff like that. So. I think it's a very important topic. What are you? What are your thoughts? Right. Anything of? Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad you spoke a lot about the legacy of civil rights. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what comes to my mind. Growing up here in America, we learned about MLK Day and about his "I Have the Dream" speech. I have a dream, and it's kind of almost tied up as a neat story that this mm -hmm. was something that was an injustice in our society that has since passed. Um, and then you learn more as you grow up that that's not quite true, uh, that racism exists in different forms and maybe it's a little bit more covert. Uh, but, and as, you know, South Asians, I think many of us have experienced at least some examples of microaggressions or, yeah. you know, discrimination. So, uh, mm -hmm. like you said, there is a little bit of a kinship there. 
with the black mm-hmm. experience, although it's it's also very different because we have to right. talk about right. um, the experience of slavery and the experience of Jim Crow segregation um, and the continued struggles with, you know, the police and the yep. effect on African-American communities. So it's a good reminder that we still have a ways to go to get to equality mm-hmm. for all. And to point out some of the parallels, you mentioned... Um, I think you mentioned the Civil Rights Act, right, of 1965, right. Uh, which was just a, a huge boon for so many South Asians to then have the right to immigrate a little bit more readily. And a lot of our yeah. families here, I mean, I'd say I'd stake a claim to say that Civil Rights Act is a huge reason why you and I are able to be here today yeah. in conversation mm-hmm. as two South Asians in America. Um, mm-hmm. So the legacy of MLK extends to you and me. Um right. And then I was also going to talk about colorism, which you already mm-hmm. tackled. Uh, colorism and the I- colorism is the idea that you know fair-skinned folks are better than others, or that darker mm-hmm. skin means I don't know lesser than in some way. Uh, and it drives me crazy. It just drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Um, there's so much of that still embedded in our culture. I think it gets better with generations, but right. You know, even today, if you go to a wedding in South India, right? So much of the chatter is about, like, the fairness of the bride and groom. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, oh, they have a little bit of color. And it just drives me crazy. And, and it's it's this, yeah, this idea that, like, lighter tone is more beautiful um, yeah. is also embedded in some of the big companies in India. Like, I think we may have talked about this on a previous episode, but... Fair and Lovely was like the yes. biggest yeah. healthcare brand, yeah. or not healthcare brand, um, yep. cosmetics brand, right? In India, Fair right. and Lovely, lovely, uh, right. engendering those ideals of colorism. I think they've since changed to Glow and Lovely, uh, which is <laughs> which glad. is better, which is better. Yeah. They took Fair out, but yeah. for so yeah. long that was embedded right in the the title, uh, right in the company name. Thank you very much for giving the accurate definition of colorism and for picking up on exactly what I was trying to say while I was fumbling so hard for the no, right you, word. You did a good job. <laughs> right. But uh, you're right. I, I completely agree with you. And it was embedded in uh, the advertising, uh, like you said, culturally. And the ideals of, you know, women's beauty is, is that. Whereas... Um, you know, uh, dark and dusky is so beautiful, right? And and uh, there's real beauty in all the skin tones that we can uh, see, um, and beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So it's good that we are re-educating ourselves that uh, every skin tone has its own beauty. Yes. Yeah. And 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 there's no reason. The other thing that you brought up, which I think is very important, is I think a lot of uh, people uh, may not uh, really understand the consequences of slavery Um, because, you know, on the face of it, it's somebody in bondage and you think, well, if they're freed, then it's over, right? But it's not that easy Uh, because if you think about it, these people were stripped from their homelands, brought forcibly uh, across the, the ocean, and not only that, they were stripped from their parents. Okay, and there is nothing more violent and cruel that you can do 
in any court of law. It's not just a court of man's law. In the court of God's law, then stripping, a, like forcibly separating a child from its parents, uh, ripping its identity, its heritage, its history from it. Okay, and I, and I really think Indians need to to think about this a lot more because I think we too often dismiss uh, the consequences of slavery. Yeah, uh, and, and you're right. We cannot, although we do experience uh, similar, uh, you know, racist or microaggressions or whatever. There's a vast difference. You yes. see, we have the benefit of the heritage of our family histories, right? Uh, of say. Um, a legacy of, say, you know, educational improvement or whatever, and and that's a huge difference, right? So it's it's very pat, it, and it bothers me very much when um, sometimes Indians stand up in a public forum and claim to speak for all races. Mm. Well, you can't because the experience of the blacks is very unique. We can feel a kindred spirit. We can feel a great deal of compassion. We can feel a great deal of solidarity, but we cannot co-opt that experience, and that would be uh, a, a, a grave injustice, social injustice, to do that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I, I agree with you. What I would add to what you're saying is, we have to have a sensitivity toward the mm -hmm. black experience, and we have to fight the notion that because we have also experienced some forms of discrimination that we're all in the same bucket. We're not <laughs> right, like right. our experiences are completely different. The traumatic experience of having families and lives uprooted and, you know, brought to America to then be indentured servants and slaves is we have no corollary to that in the, on the scale mm -hmm. that they do. Right. And yeah. uh, like you said, those, the intergenerational effects, intergenerational trauma uh, mm -hmm. can can be passed down generation to generation. So um, I think we can continue to educate ourselves and to learn about the experience of, you know, our, our friends from different mm -hmm. communities today. We can do that. We can each do that today. Um, right. But we also have to work on this colorism thing. We cannot yeah. continue to, I don't know, have folks show up at, different events and comment on the color or lack of color of someone's appearance. Like, right. I don't, and maybe that will never change at some older generations are steeped in that way. Like maybe that's not realistic, but I, we have to keep pushing for that. I think it can change. Um, you know, one of the, the good things about social media and the, the extreme interconnectedness now is that, Ideas do spread, spread good ideas as well, spread mm. uh, rapidly. And uh, I, I think there's hope. But do yeah. you think that can change for, let's say, grandparents' generation, right? People over 60, 65, you know, I, that's the thing. I don't know if we can yeah. expect them to change. And Probably not. Right, yeah. right. So, But yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you for people who are younger, relatively younger. Right. Uh, right. We have to hopefully try to be a little bit more thoughtful about the way we speak about this. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what What else? Uh, uh, tell me more about you know your experience uh, with MLK Day growing up here. I mean, I think it was a school holiday that was <laughs> always nice. 
especially coming off you just get off for Christmas, New Year's, and you come back and you have MLK Day off. So that was a nice, right. refreshing break. What about for you? You know, that's something that, that does uh, strike me, that although we declared it a national holiday, right, uh, what does it do to educate people a little more about his life, even in schools, right? Because that's one place you can do it. As I mentioned, we have community events, but how many people actually attend those events, right? I right. had the somehow uh, fortuitous opportunity to get plugged into that, and I've really enjoyed um, being a part of that. But um, I think it's a, uh, it's a missed opportunity there, mm -hmm. right? To, to re-educate um, ourselves and, um, and I, you know, probably at the same time, one, not to be overbearing, I, you have to have a certain interest in it. But like you pointed out, there, there are so many, I feel, shared um, experiences and shared values and shared goals between the South Asian community or, or you know, immigrant communities in general right. uh, in, the, in the U.S., and the black experience that uh, it seems to me a very obvious um, intersection of, you know, camaraderie and, and, and interest, right? But somehow I think that's, uh, it still feels to me like a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. There. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of it <laughs> for me happens, happened individually after mm -hmm. the George Floyd incident i took it on myself to read a little bit more i read a couple of different books right. to try to educate myself that was you know a, a harrowing event and mm -hmm. it led me to educate myself further so right. i think we have to find motivations I, I wish it was more i don't know societally provided uh on a day like mlk day uh, right but in the absence of that i think maybe we have space to do that ourselves and to discuss with our loved ones. Exactly. And and in a way, that's why I'm glad that you brought up this topic, uh, because we can use our podcast. Um, so for me, for instance, uh, there's a Billie Holiday song called Strange Fruit. And I don't know if you've mm. heard that. I have. Uh, it's a very powerful and chilling song about Jim Crow and lynching. Mm. And uh, if you go back to the musicians of the day, Dina Simone, Billie Holiday, um, and you, know, you talk about we talk about George Floyd, but the historical thing is Emmett Till, right? From mm, the, yeah. the, the very young boy. So it's, there's a history to this. It didn't start with George Floyd, right? There's yeah. a very long history to this. Absolutely. And I remember, I don't know if it was to you or someone else that I shared this thing called there's a Zen project on history. We talked about that. Oh, yeah, I think that you actually, mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. And that has an excellent documentation of, you know, all the suffering of the blacks in many events. Uh, and it's very educational to go in and read that, that how this didn't just didn't, didn't start, uh, you know, recently. It has a very yeah. long history. And I think um, educating ourselves about that uh, is a very powerful reminder Yeah. Um, as, as to why this has happened. And, you know, the Selma Montgomery, Rosa Parks, I mean, these are things that I think it would be great if all Americans would be able to remember and uh, and relate to and, 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 you know, be aware of what's what, what happened. Yeah. Because it's very important. Yeah. 
Yeah, MLK Day is a reminder to me that great communicators listen, yeah. right? Both from MLK and what he did, but also, you know, we, we talked about that on a previous episode. If you, if I, let's say, I'll put myself here, if I want to be the type of person I want to be, I probably should listen a lot more than I speak, <laughs> right? And on MLK mm-hmm. Day, on the history of the black experience and the continued fight for equality for all. I have mm-hmm. one perspective from one particular culture. Um, that's valuable for sure. But I cannot then assume that I know what other people's experiences are like. So what you're saying is reminding me, you know, this idea of, of, re- of looking at the Zen project or other resources. It's, it's a reminder to just kind of stay humble and realize, you know, to seek it out and to realize we, uh, we have so much to learn. Right. And when we come to a country, we are not entering uh, just a, an area of economic opportunity. We are entering a land with a history. Mm. And history has an, a peculiar way of repeating itself unless we learn from it. Right. right. Great point. So yeah. there's a very, 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 very strong imperative to learn from history. So why did these things happen? What were the mindsets that shaped these events? And how can we avoid repeating some of those things in the future right yeah yeah well there you go some uh some simple questions that we'll leave our listeners with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i think they're good food for thought absolutely for yeah. for all of us um yeah. especially as you think about the patterns over time right and how we we have the opportunity to break cycles right yeah. as this yeah. this current generation that's living on the planet and so mm-hmm. We we want to do our part to to try to end some of those, you know, those unproductive or harmful or hurtful cycles. Yep. Wonderful, Perfect. Nikhil. That is a lovely conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Shakar. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoy the holiday and take a few minutes to think about what this day means to you. You've heard what we think, so we'd now love to hear what resonated with you from the discussion on either YouTube and our channel is Chai Across Generations, or via email at chaiacrossgenerations at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at chaiacrossgenerations. And we mentioned it last time, but we have some travel coming up, so we'll release a little bit more infrequently over the next couple of weeks, but we'll be back as we head into February. Um, and in the meantime, you can tell us what topics you'd like to hear, either in the comments or over email. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next time.